Welcome to the Think Inspired Podcast. If you're looking to make your dreams a reality, then this podcast is for you. If you're looking to get out of that lockdown rut, then this podcast is for you. If you're looking to get more energy from feeling lazy all the time, then this podcast is for you. If you just simply want to level up in your life, then this is for you. My name is Patrick Hong, and I'm the host of Think Inspire, a podcast that helps people who want to create momentum in their fitness journey and keep the body of their dreams. Welcome to Think Inspire. Threats. We are live. <laughs> I'm live with my boy Bill right now. He's on StreamYard with myself on the Think Inspire podcast. He's been on our podcast probably, how many times have you been here, Bill? Uh, twice or thrice. Twice or thrice. <laughs> Yeah. So, Bill, we've spoken a few times, but as we keep going and growing on our journey of being the best versions of ourselves through fitness, you're evolving. And we also have some new people watching. We have some new students watching. So, like the famous Jay-Z quote, please reintroduce yourself. (laughs) Um, Yeah. How did we meet? How did we meet? And what got you into the fitness game? Gotcha. So, how we met? was at the beginning of this year when I was in Good Life South Melbourne working out and I was living in a new place. It was a new gym and I was just out of my element and it made me, you know, reevaluate my environment and reevaluate myself. And I was like, God damn, I'm unfit compared to what I used to be. Like I've let myself go a little bit and I saw your poster. So inside the gym, guys, if you can picture a poster of a trainer, picture they have like their marketing and they're like they have their catchphrase like to catch your attention if you guys feel unfit or whatever Patrick said it said something like are you in a rut and straight away it hit me I'm like oh dude like I'm in a hole and I need help I need a rope right now because I'm sick of climbing against like the stone walls because I'm not going anywhere (laughs) so I scanned your QR code filled out that information and we got in touch and then I did a 12-week challenge with Patrick and he essentially sort of kicked my ass a little bit, you know, got me back into lifting heavy, but also taught me, you know, some proper fundamental movements and just got me back into shape again, better shape, better mindset and a better routine. And another thing to wake up to, which is, you know, good to have if you don't have many things to wake up to. Yeah. Okay. So that's why you were, you were in a rut. Can you talk to me about um, that rut, like what was that rut like? And how did you know you were in that rut? Because some people like they're in it and it's like black hole and they're like, oh, this is life. Mm-hmm. 100%. Great question, Patrick. So how did I know I was in that rut? First of all, yeah, I think it's pretty sad. Sometimes people just don't realize they're in a rut until they hit the breaking point. But, you know, that's when you find out. And pardon me, I was just going through a lot of stress and I was not priority, not prioritizing myself. And I was getting kind of stressed at work because I had to travel quite a bit and then gym was also far and I feel like I was just running around really for other people and I just wasn't giving myself the time. My I wasn't prioritizing myself time and time to do things I want and get back on my fitness and yeah, I realized that I needed help because I just couldn't do some of the things that I used to do and I just lacked that structure and just the kind of schedule I used to have. You know, because I used to be going to a lot of hit classes and now it was like, all right, 
Like, what am I actually doing? And it really frustrated me when I, you know, didn't have the answer and I didn't have those things that I was working towards and things that I could de-stress with. And then, yeah, it just made sense when I saw your poster and it it all clicked. It was like, yeah, that's the sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you remember, uh, like, I think it was like three weeks in, you, you were like uh, talking to me about personal training. Do you remember this conversation we had? Roughly. I think we had a couple, but yeah, I pretty much remember it. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You explain it. <laughs> so, I mean, three weeks into the program, I'm pretty sure I was just in a position where I was really enjoying what you were teaching and I liked the style of it and it felt really good and natural and I felt as though I was coming back into my natural self and where I sort of flourished, you know, just around people. I mean, we all flourish around other people. So it was just good to be in that environment, but also getting fitter and working out. It's just the best feeling. And do you remember specifically what I said to you? Yeah, you're asking me about like what were the steps of getting qualified as a personal trainer. And I just pointed, see that door right there? That's the door, you know, and the door was a sign of um, Australian Institute of Fitness, their phone number. And I'm like, make that phone call, man. And I remember like in my head going away from that conversation thing, we're pretty early days and he's already thinking about PT. So he must not like, well, I know most PTs and for myself, the reason why we get into the industry is because we're really, we want more. We want, we're passionate about this subject. We want to learn, we want to grow and we want to like educate. So when you said that, I'm like, huh, this is, this is an individual I want to work with, you know, cause like you, it showed me a lot about you, which is really cool. Um, and actually down the path, like I didn't realize we had a lot of things in common. Obviously we work together now and you're one of the coaches in the academy. And one of the things that stood out to me was like, you used to play a lot of video games, right? Me fucking too. Me too. And you actually have an ebook called Breaking Free from Games and Shame to find the odds and assessing your inner power. So talk to me about, well, you've lost 20 kilograms, Bill, you know. Now, before that, talk to me about like how video games, um, playing that amount of games like affected your physical health. Yeah, great question, Patrick. So how playing video games affected my physical health x many years ago when i used to be doing it every day it was just it was almost like yeah it's like putting yourself in a bad environment and it just allows other methods of you know self-sabotaging yourself and abusing your body to just you know thrive because you're sitting at the desk all day you're sedentary and you know oh just puts you in a different world and you have all this space on the you know on your desk and you're playing computer and you're just immersed and you're just enjoying focusing on that. And it just detaches you from reality, really. So it's like, mm. you're not focusing on yourself. You're not looking at how you're sitting. The only thing you're paying attention to is the thing on the screen. And, you know, there comes a point where you're hungry and, you know, you want to stay playing the game. So you're going to eat the foods that are going to be the quickest and easiest and tastiest to have because you really want to enjoy this experience. And, it's rare that you find people who are gamers who will eat really healthily because they enjoy the flavor, enjoy the taste. And, you know, it takes a little bit longer time granted, but, uh, you know, most of the time they're going to be wanting the things that are going to be aligned with the comfort of playing that video game. And they're going to be wanting to eat chips, something they can, you know, grab onto the side, be able to just, I mean, I don't even know if it's about ease. It's just about, you know, comfort 
and making yourself feel really good. And obviously, for all of us, the things that make us feel really good are, you know, junk foods like KFC and Macca's, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, it just puts you in a zone. It's so weird. It's so weird. And people from the outside just look at it. It's like, how can you do that? How can you sit at the desk for nine hours and play? But it's just mm. like, oh, it's, it, it traps you. I want to go one layer deeper. So I remember when I was playing games growing up, I was playing video games because I wouldn't go out because I was so insecure about the way I looked, so insecure about the way I looked that anytime summer happened, I'm like, fuck, everyone's out at the beach partying. Everyone's like topless. Everyone looks good. All my friends were like athletes. I was an athlete, but I was like the most insecure one because of my body shape. So Mm -hmm. I'd play video games to pass the time. I'd play video games to not deal with summer. Summer holidays were like, it's okay that because I get to play video games, not but not for the reasons why other people like summer, which is like go out with friends, hang out, you know, socialize. And yeah, for me, it was just like video games, video games, video games, video games. And my body was getting worse. Like I started getting really bad posture. Um, I started like neglecting like what I was eating. I'd eat twice a day. I didn't really care about food. Protein wasn't even a thing back then. And like my body got worse. So for How me, it was like a... You were escape is oh it was bad it was it was like my body was getting more skinny skinny fat I was like the typical skinny fat Asian kid and yeah. oh man and I got uglier like I got more pimples and acne and I was just like that yeah I just didn't like who I was but my persona online was the fucking man you know what I mean like yeah. I was escaping reality to be someone someone different in a, another yeah. universe. You know, someone really powerful. Yeah, very powerful. You know, no one knew that. I was just mean my own gaming world, but like reality hits when you start neglecting other areas of your life, like real relationships. Hundred percent. And can you talk a little bit about the games you used to play? Yeah, bro. Counter Strike was my shit. So Counter Strike um, was the the game for me. Yeah, <laughs> I used to play so much, so much of it. Even like. Uh, Gran Turismo, Need for Speed, Grand Theft Auto, all those, all the games that made me feel good. You know what I mean? But then like, as soon as I put the controller down, Jesus Christ, like it crept up. Like those are my teenage years. But even when I was 22, 21, when I stuck pill, when I first started getting into PT, I wasn't like, I made it. It was more like, I still got these shitty habits. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd be still be playing games. And sometimes like I would deload my clients. I would have two weeks off. And then I would, in those two weeks, I'd stop training my clients because I needed to like make sure they rested. Um, I would go back to video games. So I'd play more video games. That's when the depression kicked in. The depression kicked in when I started realizing, whoa, I don't get the same feeling before because now I could separate fulfillment and depression. I'm like, fulfillment is serving people and helping people and being the best version of me and training hard. And then depression was escaping from that hard reality of like watering this, this, this dream of mine. So that's where the disconnection happened. And I still struggled with like my fat loss journey. You know, did you feel the same way at any point where you had to like, you struggled to balance both? And did you have to like dramatically focus on cutting one out? Yeah, hundred percent. Would you mind just rephrasing the question? Yeah. So like when you started getting into fitness, because what got you to the point of wanting to lose the weight? Because like what, what did you get to? I got to close to 100. I yeah. my highest. Now, did you ever see the triple digits on that scale? No, thankfully not. Okay. So you, thankfully not. So what was the turning point? The turning point for me to lose weight was, yeah, I covered it in my ebook, but it was 
you know, being <laughs> declined for a job the second year in a row for... Wrists can't deal with the pressure, you will not be able to max out your okay, potential, yeah. and you will... Okay, hang on. Everything is just playing at once. Can't trust this technology, it's going to turn on you. Okay, so... <laughs> So the point for me that I changed was, yeah, being declined for that job that I applied for a second year in a row and just having the reasons put back on me, which I feel like I overcame. And it was just like a punch to the gut. It was like, God damn, like I felt like I changed, but you know, I really haven't changed and I need to go further. I need to go further and see, you know, where this path takes me and what it's like. And, you know, in reality, I most likely didn't even have to change. But, uh, you know, I got put in a position where I felt like I had to change and wanted to. And I'm 100% grateful for that change because, you know, in hindsight, it was actually so much healthier for me. And granted, you know, I could have gone down the path that I used to be going towards. And I mean, we can talk about this for a long time because it's, you know, it's really complex to describe everything we go through in our own individual situations and our mindset and what we thought about and what our version of the world was. But essentially what changed for me was, yeah, not getting the job and I became shit scared that I wasn't going to be able to get employment if I didn't continue to change and take on feedback and improve myself and I was going to have to my mind immediately went to the worst case scenario I'm gonna have to move back home I'm gonna have to move back out of Melbourne I won't be able to support myself and earn my own money so you know that thought that idea really really scared me because I felt like oh I was just gonna remain immature and untrustworthy for the rest of my life to the point where I can't get a job so you know Talking about it now, you know, it wouldn't be too far-fetched for me to think that I was going to end up like 40 years old in my parents' basement playing video games. And sometimes, you know, like, it's funny, like, stereotypical, but like, that's the reality for some people. Like, that's the reality. And, you know, I think about myself and, you know, I know that was never going to happen, but it's like, how can you be completely sure? So, yeah, I really want to change and just... Backtracking a little bit on what I said, you know, I feel like I really, in reality, I didn't actually have to change. I would have been perfectly fine doing my own thing, but uh, it was just the position of where I was. The change was, you know, it was beyond my doing for that change to occur. And I'm thankful for everything that happened because, you know, I'm so much fitter, so much more confident in a better kind of way, in a healthier kind of way. And Mm. Yeah, you mentioned you developed a healthier kind of confidence as well. Yeah. Can you talk to me more about that? Yeah, 100%. Great question, Patrick. So, yeah, jumping into that confidence and a healthier kind of confidence because, yeah, a lot of my past experiences have been extremely confident. I have a pretty high-quality ability to make friends and to meet people and to create relationships. And, you know, that was the kind of confidence that was – encompassed in my past self so i was able to when i was overweight so you know we never met when i was overweight but picture me you know like the bubbly kid who is a bit of a late bloomer like pretty harmless and he was really friendly really confident really just loved laughing and meeting people and having fun and not taking life too seriously i was confident in you know myself and my ability to just 
not take things so seriously and get the best out of people and make them laugh. Well, I thought that's what getting the best out of people meant by making them laugh and feel comfortable in, you know, most of the time making them feel comfortable and just enjoying things, laughing and just really having like the best time. But also that kind of confidence came at the cost of, I guess, my self-worth, but also I kind of treated myself like garbage, you know, physically because just the position I was in, obviously my aesthetic, I was really fat and overweight. I wasn't taking care of myself. And as well, that kind of confidence made me, you know, made me put myself second. It made me value myself as lower than other people. And, you know, it's obviously an ongoing battle to optimize yourself and get rid of bad habits and things you find undesirable. But, you know, I would definitely, there were times where I would sort of like bully people a little bit and I would Mm. just want to make people laugh and sometimes make other people feel bad. But, you know, yeah, it kind of all just came at the cost of reducing my self-image and sacrificing my, you know, integrity. And yeah, sure, I like made a lot of people laugh and, you know, I was, I guess, pretty popular. Everyone knew me. I had a good, I don't know if I'd say good reputation. I had, you know, a pretty far reach and prolific reputation. And then, yeah, it's just like you wake up one day and that's just not really who you want to be anymore. Because I definitely hurt a lot of people and I hurt myself. So it's like... Yeah. Dude, when we do these podcasts, I'm learning more about you when we do this because I actually never heard you get to this level of sharing. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 ah, that's cool, man. Like for you to share that, like, thank you so much for that. And I know this hits hard for a lot of people because we've all been there. We've all had this identity with us for such a long time. And then life hits us with a new like obstacle. And like, I can't be the same guy to finish this. I can't be the same guy to get here. You know, I have to evolve. You know, and that's the evolution of like someone's growth, which is one of the human needs. Like Tony Robbins is six human needs and growth is one of them. And if you want more, if you want to be better, like this whole podcast is about what's the cost of staying the same. Like if you stay the same, where do you think you'd have been, Bill? So like you mentioned, like you made everyone laugh. Like I've been a people pleaser before. I used to go to students, clients' houses and cook them food for like weeks on weeks and weeks and did that, didn't have any weekends, didn't have a social life. My whole life was just fucking helping people to a point where I had no fucking energy just like be at a high level for my own fitness. Like my fitness was taking a toll because I was doing so much for others. Now like that had to change. So for you, if you didn't, if you didn't let go of like some of who you used to be, do you think you would be where you are today? No, 100% not. Hey guys, just a reminder that we offer coaching services. We help 20 to 30 year olds get the body of their dreams without consuming so much of their time. If you want to see more, check out some of our results on Instagram, thedreamteam.fitness. And like, can you elaborate on that? Like why, if you didn't make the changes, if you didn't, like you mentioned you were like around 90 kilograms, right? Let's say nothing changed and like you stayed exactly what you were doing. Where do you think you would have, been if you kept going down that same path oh that's pretty horrifying isn't it that thought so if it went you know if it kept going down that other end of the spectrum and there wasn't too much halt like let's say hypothetically you know there wasn't too much pushback and too much you know individual thought and assessment on what i'm doing and i just kept going doing the same thing i would still be drinking probably overeating playing video games and Sort of just living life really unaware, if you understand it. Unaware. So like we said about some people don't realize they're in a rut and don't realize that they're playing video games for hours on end, you know, Mm. how much 
actually affecting them. You know, mm. it was like me. I was having fun and I thought that was the best thing that I could do because people were laughing and I was having a lot of fun and I felt good inside. But also, yeah, the cost of feeling good inside came with, you know, eating bad food, appeasing others and kind of giving into peer pressure, going along with others, drinking, because obviously social events, it's so important to socialize. And, you know, I didn't really have that boundary put up. So I would just keep drinking and obviously drinking meant more, your guard is let down less. More food, less sleep, less training. I guess so. But also, you know, you become more vulnerable in a way where you can let others put their guard down by having your own guard down. So it kind of puts you at a center where it's like, kind of like a laughing stock, you know? Mm. Holy shit. And I remember, um, yeah, being at university, yeah, on campus when I was, you know, exactly in the lifestyle that I'm talking about. And yeah, I'll, I'll finish the question. I just want to add this in real quick. But uh, yeah, like I remember someone saying to me like, oh my God, we're laughing at you, not with you. And it was true. Like I thought everyone was oh. laughing with me. But it's like, you know, when I look at the reality, it's like, holy shit. I was just like, and we've all been in those situations where, I remember at Mill House or like a club I used to go to, there was like an old person or a person who was elderly and not the same age as everyone who was young there and who was dancing, having like the best time on the dance floor and everyone just like separated around them. Like everyone just stepped back and let them have their own space because they were like, nah, that's like, that kind of made them like a laughing stock, like a spectacle. And everyone was like, oh my God, look at that. Like we're all here sharing how crazy that is, but we don't want to get too close. And that's exactly the position I was in. I didn't realize I was in, but, um, you know, I can sort of like just make excuses and say it wasn't that true. Like, no, people really like my attention, but, you know, the fact of the matter, like that was the majority of how it was. And it is what it is. Like, That is a turning point when someone's yeah. like, we're not laughing with you, we're laughing at you. Like your whole paradigm would have just shifted to like, this whole fucking time you're telling me I'm doing this to myself. Yeah, it's funny, make- that, it didn't even shift. Like my paradigm didn't, didn't shift. Yeah. Like that was just yeah, something well, I remember, but it's kind of yeah. true. Looking um, back and reflecting. Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, I didn't care. Like as long as people were laughing, that's still good. Right. And it depends, you know, some people are happy with that, but also at the end of the day, you know, that person's probably going back home and like not doing too well, mm. mentally, you know, personally. And yeah, just to finish off that question, great question. So where I would have been if I was continuing that path, yeah, I probably would have hit triple digits. I would have been quite overweight and yeah, I'll probably go deeper next time we get on the podcast, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but wait, there's more. No, wait, there's more. Yeah, I would have just gone deeper. If anyone knew me, yeah, I would have just been fatter, uh, had lower self-respect and I would have increased the bar and increased the level of, I don't know if I'd say self-pity, but sort of, you know, I would have just gone further in my vulnerability and ability to share parts about myself, but also spin them so, like, I could just have people laugh at that part of me, if that makes sense. Mm. I I would just keep lowering my, you know, lowering the bar so I pretty much had no self-worth so it would have been harder for me to climb out of it and have people take me seriously and, you know, for me to do anything where people just don't, you know, pretty much be at the point where anything I do, it's like you've created that persona where you're the funny guy, you're this person and that's stuck with you. And the more you continue with that, the more it's going to stick. 
And I mean, on top of that, yeah, my body would have been so physically unhealthy, like eating crap, playing games, and just not even connected with the reality. And not to mention employment, like, I don't know what I would be doing for work. You know, at best, probably at my old job, doing data entry in nine to five menial tasks that, you know, anyone really can do. They just need someone to fill that spot in and have it done. Or, you know, what comes to mind is coals or cu- like just, you know, just something probably, you know, pretty low entry. Wow. Hey, yeah. you're getting a lot of uh, Tammy's like, thanks, Bill, for being so vulnerable and opening up. Yeah. I love that. Is that Tammy Newen? Yeah, Tammy. Yeah, Tammy Newen, yes. Yeah, thanks, Tammy. I really appreciate that comment. Thank you so much. I'd love to chat after this. I can't see the comments at all, actually. Um, I got you. I got yeah, you. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Tammy. I really appreciate that. I hope you can resonate with some of the stuff I'm saying. And it helps oh. to be open and vulnerable. Yeah, like. And sorry, Patrick. Uh, it's just a great, you know, like Tammy's here for a reason. She said that for a reason. And it's crazy because uh, when I was in that position, it also impacts you incredibly to be vulnerable. Because when you're someone who get doesn't get taken seriously and you like to have fun and humor, when you try and open up, I guess with friends, it becomes really hard because that isn't even taken seriously by people. Like, oh, it's just hard. But, you know, most of the time people just don't realize that's the issue. They don't realize the trouble they're in and they're crying out for help. But it's like, how can we actually get through to that person? Bro, and- yeah. You know, like let's segue into like serving people right now because, you know, the best thing you can do is help yourself first. Like you try to help everyone when you get nothing else, to, like your cup's empty you're filling out like you're pouring into a from an empty cup. It's just not going to, people cannot take you seriously. You know what I mean? I've been there before. Can you, just, can you just say that again, Patrick, really clearly? If you want to help others, you have to help yourself first. Cause if you pour from an empty cup, no one can take you seriously. They can't feel anything. You're not going to feel it with an empty cup. You're not, you're not. At least it's like maybe people will only take you as seriously as you take yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that is so fucking real. And like, I feel like everyone that's listening right now, we all can look ourselves in the mirror and be like, am I taking myself seriously? Is that why people think I'm a joke? You know, and when you start taking yourself seriously, you start to not give a fuck what people think because you're so integral with who you are and who you've created. You know, I, hey, do you ever struggle with loneliness? Yeah, quite a bit. You know, I've had a lot of people DM me lately and I ask them, um, especially some of the students, I'll ask them, hey, what is the biggest thing you struggle with? Just not with fitness and health. Like, it struggle. I struggle with being alone. Uh, when I was living in lockdown last year, Bill, in Melbourne in that, that one-bedroom apartment, in that rap apartment during COVID, me, it was just me and this microphone. And I built someone, I built someone that I was actually proud of for the first time in my life. And... um. It's kind of scary because I never had a father figure and I didn't know, I didn't have a good representation of what to be or how to be or how to communicate as a leader. And like, because you started from nothing, no one can help you. You're a ground zero and your back's against the wall. And the only way to get out of this rut is to get like, like be so disciplined that you've built so much values and characteristics and habits where you're like, I can count on me before I can count on anyone else. Then my expectations from others, like it's not that high anymore. It's like, I, I'll get it done. You know, I'll, I'll get the fucking thing done. 100%. And, it's, and like, if you ever dealt with a loss, if you ever dealt with like, I don't know, being brokenhearted, someone like 
has hurt you so emotionally traumatizing for your life or let's say someone said something really mean to you in a place where you're vulnerable you know when things you know right now as we become stronger individuals especially if you're in the academy when someone says something to you it doesn't hurt as much it just doesn't because you know very you're very grounded but when you're vulnerable like you said bill that's when it hurts the most right so i remember there was a time in my life when i left i was uh, my gym was collapsing like gym was collapsing. I'm like, fuck, I asked so much money from people to open this gym and I did it for my friends that passed away. I'm like, um, my friends passed away. My best friends passed away on the 1st of January, oh, the, the 31st of December, 2019. Fucking eerie time. And I remember the next week I was like, okay, I'm really confused. Like this year was meant to be my year. I just got out of a relationship that like pulled me away from being the best versions of, version of myself because it was a very codependent relationship. We counted on the relationship to be successful, not individuals. It was a really weird dynamic. So when I broke free of the relationship, I'm like, I'm a fucking newborn person. I'm like, whoa, like I'm going to get my things done now. And I, I got on the Titanic ship and I fucking went forward. And then my best friends passed and I, I hit the iceberg, right? When I hit the iceberg, I'm like, there's only two options from there. You double down and you go all in and you find meaning within the pain. So I would, I'd open the gym. I opened the gym because my best friends passed away in the neighborhood that they passed away. Um, they got shot. Like my best friends got shot by the dad. It was a fucking weird time because that dad used to take me to school every day. He used to take me to school every day. My best friend's dad and he shot like my best friend and his um, his own daughter. And when, when all this was happening, I'm like, I need to open the fucking gym for this community because they need something to fight for. So when I opened this gym and I told everyone why I was being opened, like everyone flocked. It was like the wild, wild west. Like, I love what you represent, Pat. I can see the pain and the struggle and the passion that you have to open this place. It wasn't about money. It was literally about serving and helping others and build Bill being that fucking light, that beacon of light through a dark ass tunnel. And when all that happened, I'm like, fuck, like, yes, we all have meaning. Let's go. And everyone was getting great results. And then COVID one hit, then COVID two hit. And then I'm like, oh, so at that time I got into a pretty toxic relationship where it was literally about like just partying and sex and drinking. It was just like a spiral. Like I'm like, I'm forgetting myself now. I'm like, like all the success got to me, I'm getting to myself. And then when the gym started like falling down, so did the relationship. It's like the confidence that Pat had was gone. So at my most vulnerable state, I was sharing this to the person I was seeing. I'm like, I'm fucking don't know what to do. A man without a plan is like going into battle without a shield or a sword into a gunfight. I'm fucked. So when I put my weapons down, she didn't, it's like because the relationship didn't have any foundation, she would just look at me and say, like in disgust, like you're a fucking loser. She didn't have to say you're a loser to tell me I'm a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when that happened, I'm like, whoa, let me smoke some weed for the next fucking four months because I don't know what the fuck to do. And this is, you remember COVID in 2020? Um, that was tough, you know? So there was no escape route. You couldn't go to the clubs. You couldn't go meet new people. You couldn't find a new job. You're fucked. So I no job, no money. The girl that I was seeing left me and um, rock fucking bottom. But then from there, I took this fucking microphone and I spoke every fucking day. <laughs> I spoke this academy into existence. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to fucking just go all in on one thing 
and see what happens. So like, thank you for sharing your story because it makes me remember my story. And sometimes we need to be fucking slapped, reminded of like where we started from to be really grateful of like all the things that we've achieved now. Um, Tammy, I miss Beaton too. Yeah, I think about him every day. You know, he's on my arm every fucking day. So Tammy went to the same school as me and um, that like, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Pretty difficult to go through. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to go through, man. It was a lot. You gotta find meaning in the pain, because if you, there's no meaning in the pain, you're left with just the pain and no fight, you know. <clears throat> I've never been one to sit back and heal. <laughs> I've always been the one in the battlefield. Just be in the fucking battlefield. That's where growth happens. And like let's talk about this. Like you 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 did lose the 20 kilograms, right? You lost the weight, you built you built your self-confidence you found your passion and then you mentioned like were you cooking your own meals when you were playing games or were you just snacking all the time so it improved over the three years that i was studying and living on a res but for the most part well you know initially for the first year it was quite a lot of snacking because i just didn't know how to cook for myself it was really basic i remember i burnt rice in a microwave one time it was like yeah. <laughs> Bro, I left I left rice in a pot. Uh, I boiled it. I thought I turned it off. I left the home. Three hours later, my housemate calls me. He's, hey, our house is borderline on fucking fire. All the walls are black. That's my brother's house. And me and my brother don't even get along. So oh, that's it. So I, I leave my gym. I, I fucking speed home. And I'm like, it's not that bad. He's like, yeah. And my housemate's like, yeah, I fucking cleaned it up because this house is about to burn the fuck down. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's funny, huh? Like, just Oh, looking back, it's funny, but that could have been a disaster, man. That could have been. I mean, it just makes the learning that much more significant. The girls are loving this. Aliki's like, feels, you guys are amazing. Love this. Raw and open. Tammy's like, yeah, Aliki, raw emotions. I love this. Yeah. Tammy, Aliki, thank you so much, girls, for commenting. It's really great having you guys here and feeling that we can, you know, make a difference and that someone's listening and getting value out of this. Yeah. And as we were planning this uh, podcast out, there's certain questions I was going to ask. I'm going back to like the script, but now like, you know, we went so deep, it's hard to get back into like the script. So let's, let's double down on this and leave some people with some inspiring words on how whatever you're dealing with, um, just know it's, it's a bigger plan than you ever expected. Do you ever set something out for yourself and realize going into that realm of that direction you're going to, I'm going to sail to Jamaica. And then on the way to Jamaica, you get there, you're like, oh, it was never about Jamaica. It was about the fucking journey. It was about the fucking waves. It was about that eagle that nearly took my fucking head off. It was about that fucking pirate who jumped on this fucking ship and tried to take me down because, like, I'm about to, like, you know, uh, succeed him in this great path that I'm on. It's the people that are trying to pull you away from your goals. Like, it's a bigger fucking thing. You know, there, here's a fun fact. The only relationship that you're going to last with, that's a fact, because you can't count on any relationship on this planet to be there in the end. I know because like my best friend was not here and I can feel that. I'm like, how does this, my best friend stay at my house twice a week, every week for a year and now he's gone. So I'm like, okay, well, I have a reality check that that's not real. People die. And here's another reality check. You are the only person you're going to spend time with for the rest of your fucking life. Fun, like hundred million fucking percent. So knowing this fact, this 
cruel rule of life, this lonely life that we have sometimes, who do you want to become in the process? Because at the end of the day, you've got to deal with you. Great question. Yeah, that's like, it's a question that it doesn't have an answer. It's a question that we grind for every fucking day. It's like building that character. 100%. And just the most important things I've realized, I think, is just that change is not, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. Change is a long process. Yeah. And it's crazy. It is a long process. It Like, I don't know when you're going to release your ebook, but there literally there's a photo right in front of me of you in a black bandana sitting down like 20 kilograms more than where you weigh now with your headphones glued to your computer screen. And like, I can't even recognize that person who I'm speaking to now. I can't like, I'm like looking left and right. Like what the fuck happened? This, this has changed. How long did it take? Honestly. To lose the weight? Mm. Two, two years, one and a half years. And, And you've kept it off for this long too. Yeah. It's not coming back ever. Uh, did, did you see that? Did you hear that, guys? The uh, tonality in his voice. Yeah, it's not coming back. <laughs> no way. Uh, the advantages and disadvantages of you know having excess weight and being healthy, like it's just day and night. Like, why would you not choose to be healthy and in shape and treat your body, you know, with the respect it deserves? <laughs> yeah, Aliki's like 2019 marriage ended, lost toxic to find me. Love and respect for my ex and the journey, but fuck yes to finding me and still unraveling her. I love that word, unraveling her. Aliki, beyond the physical, your transformations are amazing. The mental, emotional, etc. Mindset, baby. Mindset, baby. Thanks, Aliki. I appreciate your words. And I know you're going through a lot, but, you know, the way you're going, you're going for a sustainable change. And that's what's so important. It's about taking steps, small steps to make sure you're making the best decisions you can for your overall life and not doing something that's just completely over the top and super difficult, but it's not sustainable and you're just going to revert back to old habits. It takes time. You know, the reason why I love strength training is because you build something in the gym, in the trenches, where you come out with an unshakable mindset. When you start picking things off the floor that are fucking heavy, and then you realize your brain can't comprehend the amount of weight that you lifted off the floor, you come out leveled up. Like you definitely leveled up that day. It's like your body's never done this before. And like having trained so many people through strength training, I realized this, Bill. There is fundamental things that are happening through the work of lifting weights that is beyond the physical. It's so integral that I, I've noticed this, right? Like I try, I've used to train a lot of mums. And these mums would come into the gym and like they would deadlift with me, squat with me, and um, they would do all these crazy exercises. Like, what the fuck is this? Only, only those guys and those sexy bikini models like in the gym do this. Like, not me. I'm like, no, 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 no. They put the photos and videos up online. You don't, but you definitely can because they all started somewhere. So as the journey of strength training continues and begins, you go from lifting 40 kilograms to 80 kilograms. You go from 80 to 100. For you to go to 100 to 120, you need to make sure that you're sleeping right. You're going to make sure your food's on point. You're so addicted to the goal of pursuit of being strong, which is a never-ending journey, that everything is forced to level up. It's forced. You're into submission. It's like there's no way back. The same way you never go back to the like old you is the same way you never go back when you start honoring your strength journey. It's, it's fucking, I, I'm starting to get strong again. I can feel it. 
I can feel it through my soul. I'm like, oh, I take less shit now because I'm getting stronger in the gym. <laughs> and it's fucking amazing. And strength is not perfection. Strength isn't like I have to be perfect. It's more like the courage to go through the pain and be vulnerable about it, but not let it define you. Like we had a very vulnerable podcast today. I'm so thankful for that, but I feel fucking way stronger on the other side. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Let's leave them. Let's, let's leave these guys with some, like um some, their first two moves. I like leaving some people with some like practical stuff that they can work on. So maybe we can go one each. How's that? All right. I would say right now, anyone that's listening to my voice, I want you guys to start thinking about, are you the strongest version of you or are you on the path to being the strongest version of you all the way through? Or like we're talking about internal transformation, not the external because the external is a result of the internal. So are you on the path to being the strongest version of you? And if you are, what are the steps of, what? what's the actual groundwork of you getting there? What's the roadmap? If you are not, are you open to making that change? Because me and Bill just went over a 45 minute podcast talking about the cost of not changing. Like what's the cost of not changing? Being the game, the, the guy that before I was playing games and putting on all this weight and snacking all the time, not feeling healthy, not feeling productive. You mentioned like being a joke, like me not changing would be still in that toxic relation, chasing my own tail, opening more gyms and not being smart with my future, like fucking stupid stuff. You know, that's, I had to level up. I was never good at content. I was never good at talking on this podcast or this mic. Got a thousand downloads now, you know? So it started, had to start somewhere. <clears throat> what would you say would be something we can give our audience who are listening right now, even on the replay, some practical advice to move forward and grow? Great question, Patrick. So some practical advice and steps that I would advise to you who's listening right now is, to understand where you want to go before you head there. So, you know, what good habits are you setting? You know, do you have a diary? Are you writing things down? Because how often do you have really good thoughts, but you don't put them anywhere? So I would just say, guys, you know, from my experience, something I can say that is helpful is get a diary, get a journal, write down your thoughts, start documenting your day, start documenting how you're feeling, start documenting how you want to feel, what's going right, what's going wrong, and evaluate it. Evaluate it. Put everything that happens onto paper so it's recorded. And above all, it's going to serve you in ways that you don't even predict. So I would just say continue to write. And if you want, begin. But we've all written before, so it's continuing. So keep it up and go deeper in yourself. Have a personal journal. You actually then... Like I've seen Bill like carry journals everywhere he goes. <laughs> we'll have a conversation halfway through. He's like, takes his book out from, I don't know where. I'm like, where the fuck did that book come from? Takes it out, starts writing. He's like, can you repeat what you just said? I'm like, please, you're scribing me right now. I've seen you do this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you for this uh, podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. This is the Think Inspired Podcast. We're, we're joined with our coach, Bill, of the, from the Gene, Dream Team Academy. We're doing a giveaway right now. So if you screenshot any of my podcasts to um, your Instagram stories and tag Patrick Hong Fit, Patrick Hong Fit, you go in the running to win $150 cash. I'll be bank transferring that straight to your account at the end of the month. Okay. That is pretty much all. Peace out. Have the best freaking day ever. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is you. Peace. Peace. Busy people, listen up. 
This is the number one podcast for getting momentum in your fitness journey and keeping the body of your dreams. If you're getting value from this podcast and you want to learn how to create the health and physique of your dreams so you can feel confident in your everyday life, what I want you to do is go to my Instagram, Patrick Hong Fit, and DM me with the words energy. Our mission is to make busy people get the body of their dreams without spending countless hours in the gym or the kitchen. We want to give you the tools and strategies that some of our best clients are using in 2021. So go to my Instagram at Patrick Hong Fit and DM me the word energy.